Hello, hello, dream interpreters. Today, we're going to be talking about Joseph dreams and the interpretation of what it means, uh, the lean years, the fat years. So we'll figure out what's going on with Joseph. Hi. Hi, Mark. Hello. So How are you doing? you an exciting today? Well, I had a, I had a uh, historical event happen. I, uh, I won a, what do you call those, when you get a, uh, when YouTube complains about you and then you, you oh, appeal. You won. I won an appeal on ah, my cat channel. Nice. First time in my life ever I won an appeal with you. Have, have you ever done this? Oh, have yeah, you ever done this? I you get win? copyrighted a lot. So have you have you won an appeal? Yeah. For copyright. Wow. Not not the ones that they don't even tell me what's wrong and they just remove it. Those get Oh, okay. That's what I yeah, they removed one of the videos. They said it was like too violent or something. It, yeah. it was cats, you know, a cat killing a mouse. And then so what I did is uh, you know, I was very polite, but I I, I uh, appealed it and I showed them videos of lions. They have yeah. there's thousands of videos of lions, lions and tigers and stuff killing and eating animals in nature. Yeah. So they you know, so it's basically a nature video and these are violent and bloody and i said my cat is basically a small lion doing the same thing what why can you have those videos and you can't have my cat killing a mouse and then they 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 uh they said uh, you know they said they uh they made a mistake and and it was the same exact day they sent me the you know like when you get a thousand subscribers you can monetize it right yeah. So it was like, congratulations, you can monetize your channel now. And then another, the next email was, we removed one of your videos. <laughs> yeah, they finally like, boom, let's get them. Well, at least yeah. that's it. They undid it. Uh, most of the time when they remove my stuff, they don't even give me a second chance. And I can never talk to them. I can only push buttons because I don't have enough subscribers to talk to them. To, well, to appeal, you mean? You yeah, can't even appeal. I just have to like do the explanation why, but I don't get the like. Yeah, well, that's what I did. I just appealed and put in a little comment, but uh, yeah. But in my old channels, I they just shut my channel down with no explanation, which completely. they shouldn't have done at all either, because that's illegal too. But who cares? They just do it anyway. Yeah, I mean they have so much power, you know. Yeah, but they forget that you know when they create a space like that, it's almost like a public speaking square right where well that's why they need to censor it and control it like yeah. they've always done you know there's yeah. never been free speech really in the history of the world never no but we're supposed to have that's what the laws tell according us. to who Amen. the man-made laws <laughs> yeah that and the man-made laws that they're uh the, so uh, yeah because they gave us the freedom who gave us the, who gave us these uh these rights you know what I mean? Um, if they well, give us the rights, they can take the rights away. They could, and that's what they did. But it's actually God-given basic rights that we all have. Well, then why were there slaves? Why are there slaves in the Bible if if God gives everyone Well, slaves could speak freedom? mind. They had their first amendment. No, speak. no, know. they didn't. <laughs> no, not with the slaves back then. I don't think God would have wanted slaves, but that's how society developed with their simple nature right so they're just employees back then they're basically employees you know yeah and, and you're uh, supposed to treat you're supposed to treat the slaves like you know with, with respect and all that stuff yeah. there's a whole there's a whole letter paul wrote about that guy onesimus well actually right? a lot the of slave. the mosaic laws were built around protection of 
Yeah, yeah. Justice. Yeah. Justice, mercy, all that stuff. But yeah, there's still kind of a social hierarchy and all that stuff in this, you know, in this uh, fallen world we're in. Yeah, but, uh, people did. I didn't do that. But I don't know. I mean, these rights, like these um, these rights in America that they gave us and all that, they, that came from man. The whole thing. Those well, guys were all Freemasons. But I think God kind of led it that way. The way I looked at it, like, uh, it grew very fast and very prosperous within like three, four hundred years, right? And the people that were living there before got wiped out. Maybe God was like always had a kind of uh, another version of a promised land where people were going to gather and mm. prosperous. And it's like the next best use, what they call in like environmental kind of jargon, the land use. Whoever has the next best use gets to take the land. It was just hanging out. Nobody was doing anything with it. Then now we have United States of America with all these states. So that was kind of, maybe that was always a plan by God. And maybe and now judgment is coming. Now judgment has arrived. Yeah, because it went through the nth degree. They got, was it it's a desires of man's heart? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're evil. Yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. Judgment is coming. Yeah, just like just like anything we're reading in these uh, Bible stories, the uh, the people mess it up somehow, right? They Basically, always. they mess up a good thing. Always. That's what happened to America. <laughs> they messed up a good thing. Let's get started. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> I'm going to try some <clears throat> version or another website that doesn't have all the ads and stuff, and it looks kind of oh perfect. wow, that looks pretty good. Oh, your version. Yeah, I've heard of this. Uh, that looks really good, actually. This looks nice. Yeah, I like this. Clean, right? Yeah, no ads and all that stuff. That's that's what we want. You know what I mean? Uh, Less distraction. That's great. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, because now we can try this. Okay, so do you want to read chapter 40? Yep. I got the early morning voice going on, so bear with me. And then the coffee will kick in in about 30 minutes, and I'll get really hyper. All right, so <laughs> Joseph interpret. Yeah, so this is all about the dreams and stuff. Sometime after this, the cup uh, cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. All right, so it's one of the rare times he's called the king of Egypt, and I think the cupbearer is like the guy in charge of the beverages, the wine, all that stuff, and then the baker is kind of the guy in charge of food and maybe even the food taster or the uh, chef. You know what I mean? So uh, these are kind of strange words. I, you know, I had to kind of look into this because I was like, what is a cupbearer? Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, with the chief of the cupbearers and with the chief of the bakers. <laughs> so he put them in confinement in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. So Joseph was in the pit before. Now he's in the prison. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he attended to them. They continued to be in confinement for some time. Then the cupbearer and the baker for the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, both had a dream the same night, each man with his own dream, and each dream with his own with its own interpretation. Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and realized they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him in the care of his lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, 
We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter for it. Then Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. All right, so these uh, these are dreams, and um, part of this is a, this was a thing back then in the ancient world in Egypt and stuff. You know, the, they, they actually had people whose job it was to interpret dreams. Well, the other thing that I realized, because, you know, we went through dreams before in previous chapters, they're not, like you said, you know, these kinds of things are not going to be literal. That's why they always need interpreters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Figure it out. Already telling us that just about anybody who has dreams, it's always going to be some sort of interpretation is needed, right? Yeah, yeah, they're symbolic. Yeah, and so when, yeah, when we read about a dream, and that's the thing, like, so these are kind of like, pro these are a type of prophecy, I think. These these are prophetic dreams, you know, about the future, generally speaking. And um, and um, so there's, there's kind of, you know, you have to think about what about, what about the prophets? A lot of the prophecies written down in the Bible came to them in dreams also. And there's a lot, a lot of weird stuff going on. And that's what happens. There's basically two camps. You take it literally, or you, you think that, you know, uh, prophetic and apocalyptic literature is symbolic in nature. And then you, you know, it's a hermeneutical approach. Are you going to take it literally or not? The literal interpretation ends up in dispensationalism and uh, the symbolic uh, interpretation ends up in uh, amillennialism. Two well, different camps. It depends on the context and what's happening. <clears throat> so it's like if there's weird stuff going on that they're trying to convey, Usually the Bible has to explain it right out, either like the angel said, okay, this is what it means, or interpreter like Joseph is interpreting other people's dreams. And then like the stuff that's like goes into facts, like specific things, mathematics or, you know, other things that yeah. are evidence, those are usually literal. I mean, I, and I think, and I think these, like this reminds me of Daniel as well. The yeah. situation that Joseph's in—he's—he's uh, he's basically a Israelite. He's—he's he's kind of in a foreign land, but yet he has a pretty good position, or he did until he wound up in prison here, I guess. And then he—he's kind of restored again later. Yeah. And uh, and then, but he's also interpreting dreams, you know. Yeah, he has a gift yeah. of something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and there's always two dreams for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why that is. It could be like the second dream is like a confirmation or something. But let's just see what happens here. Then Joseph said to them, "Do not interpret interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me." The ch the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, "In my dream, a vine was in front of me, and and in the vine there were three branches. As it budded, it blossom its blossoms shot forth." And its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Now that's something I don't know if I could interpret that. Could you? Does that no. make? Do you understand what that's talking about? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess if I didn't have the Bible, <laughs> I would have no clue. But it does kind yeah. of record some stuff later on, though. Well, they, I mean, jo luckily Joseph interprets interprets it for us. But but how did he do that? Right? He it's a gift from God, I guess. Right? For Joseph, well, it says uh, that it's interpretation belong to God. God has to tell Joseph. God is doing it. God is telling Joseph. Yeah, I guess so. That seems yeah. to be what it is. So let's go. Uh, all right, go down to verse twelve. And so that you know, it kind of makes sense. The cupbearer 
the guy in charge of the wine would have dreams about wine. Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like who who would, how does he know? It must be God telling him this stuff, right? So same with Daniel, you know, Daniel was able to do that as well. Uh, Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place, and you will deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand in the same way you did before when you were his cupbearer. Now, that one's a little bit easier to see in the dream, I think, that last part, because he actually does that in the dream. So, All right, so, but remember me when it is well with you, and show kindness, I pray you, to me, and make mention of me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. Mm-hmm. For I was indeed kidnapped out of the land of the Hebrews, and I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. The dungeon. Nice. Nice word. The pit, you know, in, in ESV, and probably probably in KJV as well, it probably says pit. Dungeon. There you go. Well, that's where the prison right. is in their basement. Yeah, yeah. Dungeons are probably probably a little bit better word, actually, more accurate. All right. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, I also was in my dream and I had three white baskets on my head. In the uppermost basket, there was all manner of baked goods for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Before we Joseph, know what it means, what do you think it means, if you didn't know the next part? Oh, uh, there's baked goods on his head. The birds ate them out of the basket on my head. I would think maybe, um, yeah, it doesn't sound good. You know, like something bad, like maybe they're going to, I was thinking famine actually, but that's because I kind of know there's famines in these stories, you know, but, uh, you know, famine or he's not, he's lost his job, something like that. He's not going to get restored to his former position. That's what I would say. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause the other one, the, the, he's giving Pharaoh wine again. And this one, he's not giving him food. He's, he's out of, he's out of work, but I think it's even worse than that. Probably Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets are three days. <laughs> That's pretty interesting though. You know, three yeah. baskets are three days. Now, who knows? Maybe there's some, somewhere else in the Bible where, uh, you know, maybe this dream will, be useful somewhere else in the Bible to interpret some something else. I don't know. I mean, three baskets or three days. Uh, with within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head from off you, and will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. That's terrible. Wow. Do you do you even want to tell that to the guy? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like, wow, that's terrible. You know, okay. Yeah, I can interpret your dream. Do you really want to hear it? <laughs> <laughs> It's One guy good. gets released, the <laughs> other guy gets killed. That might be prophetic, though. You know, right. hanging on a hanging on a tree. I mean, it almost you could almost see a you know similarity to Jesus a little bit there, maybe. But uh, you know, yeah. three days hanging on a tree. I mean, you know. Well, I was thinking more uh, of like the other two that were hanging with Jesus. But Jesus I'm was thinking. also he was he was hung like a criminal though. They yeah. they saw him as a criminal, as a common well, criminal. Um, you know. Yeah, I was thinking more like Joseph kind of is the Jesus character, if there was cross-reference. Mm. And then that's true. the baker yeah. who died was the one that didn't accept Christ. And then the one that uh, he's got accepted. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe. That's good. Yeah, wow. Verse 20, it happened on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, 
that he made a feast for all his servants, he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position again, and he put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. However, he hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him, of course. Oh my God, how could he forget him? He was the one who told him. These guys... Um, it doesn't say it doesn't say exactly why these uh, two guys ended up in prison, the yeah. cupbearer and the baker. But maybe they just messed up the food somehow, or something, or or the pharaoh was paranoid that he was going to get poisoned. You know, it doesn't tell us the details of that, but uh, it happens sometimes. But you know, they probably would have had a lot of interaction with the pharaoh, but they also had to be very trusted people, and so if he didn't even trust them for a minute, you know, they might get sent down to the dungeon. Oh, yeah, especially if he thinks yeah. they might poison him. They usually aren't like yeah. taste of food first, just in case they don't get poisoned. Yeah, so it's it's probably kind of a, yeah. a stressful job. A lot of these guys probably end up getting killed now and then, you know. All right, so we're on the next chapter already. 41, yeah. Chapter 41. Now, Pharaoh's dreams. Okay, so we got the dream thing going on. <laughs> After two whole years, Pharaoh had a dream. That he was standing by the Nile, seven fine-looking and fattened cows suddenly came up out of the river, and they grazed in the meadow. Then seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the river bank. The ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fattened cows. Then Pharaoh awoke. That's troubling. Well, what does that? What does that mean? Can you interpret that? Not on its own, no, but that sounds like, you know, I would not have known the famine part of it, but the ugly and gaunt cows ate the seven fine lucky. Like, that is a bad omen. Usually, that means, you know, like, prosperous stuff, right? Yep, all right. Luckily, so they he's, he slept and dreamed a second time. Okay, so here's the second dream. Seven ears of grain suddenly came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then seven thin ears, scorched by the east wind, sprang up after them. The seven thin ears devoured the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke and realized it was a dream. Now, now this this one's not so hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of. So, uh, but. It's good harvest, bad harvest, right? Yeah. I mean, part of it, we, we kind of know. We've read this right. before, so we know it's. But, uh, yeah, that one's a little more uh, obvious i think all right so in the morning his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of egypt and all its wise men pharaoh told them his dreams but there was no one who could interpret interpret the dreams to pharaoh now that one wouldn't be all that hard so then the chief cupbearer it's just just like the story of daniel though isn't it very similar um, yeah, although I mean, Daniel, the, the dreams in Daniel are a little bit more complex and kind of more uh, prophetic and, apoc and apocalyptic, really. They're, they're, there's kind of a bigger scale of events happening. Yeah, the first two dreams, not by him, but the baker and the cupbearer, they kind of set it up uh, of how Joseph interprets like days, you know, like three glasses equals three days or the bread, same thing. So now that same theme is kind of carried through with the seven thin years and seven. I think it's kind of like setting it up that this is how 
they come up with years and how Joseph ends up using the same kind of thematic stuff. Yeah, and the, you know, who knows? That could have been something they knew about. Um, I know here where I live, I'll, I'll have a dream or something and I'll tell my wife and she'll be like, like she kind of, she knows. I think there's a, there's a, you know, certain cultures are more into dreams than others. Yeah. And they like, like every time I tell her I had some dream and she, she kind of like will interpret it actually. I don't know if she's right or not, but, but they have a system of interpreting dreams here. Wow. Like if you, if you see this thing, that means it's this. And if you dream about this, that's good luck. If you dream about that, that's bad luck. All this kind of stuff, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's anything to it, but they had, they, you know, that's what they believe at least. Well, when I was younger, I used to have a lot of prophetic dreams. Where things would wow. actually happen, uh, like nine and eleven, I actually had a dream about that uh, years before that. <laughs> really? Yeah. So it was like exactly, like exactly what happened. Not exactly. Pretty much. So, but it was visual clues that you end up getting, like uh, where I don't necessarily know it that day, but when it comes to pass, uh, I could tell. Like in my dream, yeah. uh, people were flying in a plane. Uh, like business executives, so on. And then there were two buildings and the plane went, uh, hit one of them or went through it. Anyway, there was like a fire explosion had to do with buildings and a plane and like worker bees, executives on those planes. Um, so at the time I, I was thinking like, okay, I was worried, like don't travel because sometimes my uh-huh. dream used to come quicker. But this one actually took a while. But when it got closer to that time, I don't know, I was worried. Like I said, don't fly around this time. And then sure enough, right after something bad happened. But usually well, good thing it was good thing it was just CGI planes that were uh, <laughs> that crashed. Yeah. Good thing good thing that no planes actually crashed on that day. Well, that may be. I mean, there are all these things that <laughs> no, that that's that is reality <laughs> later, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't have to. Believe Only in your dream did a real plane actually crash on nine eleven. <laughs> well, it was symbolic of the. Event. No, you got the narrative down. Yeah, the story. You saw the the whole story involved planes, yeah. definitely. And you know, but, uh, speaking of like what actually it was a dream. happened, it was a dream. The whole thing was like a dream. Well, I think it was killings. You know, like it was meant to kill. You know why that happened? At least in my view. Uh, before any of that stuff, all the videos got taken down and all the, uh, I used to watch. So I, I saw one video of Silverstein or whoever owned the building. He was on some interview with somebody and he was saying the building costs so much to repair, like billions of dollars, um, you know, because the elevators were bad and the structure was getting old and bad. And they said it would cost like an enormous amount of money to rebuild mm-hmm. it. And guess what? Right after that, when that happened, they got free insurance money plus like billions more that the insurance paid out to the owners. So that was like problem solved. You know, they weren't going to. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a financial aspect. There's also just the, you know, trauma based mind control aspect. And yeah. that, you know, every all the all the narratives they do, which I believe the, the signs and wonders, you know, the false signs and wonders of the Antichrist are the narratives that they give us. And oh, yeah. uh, they're all just and they're all they're all very similar to nine eleven because uh, there's always a, a this new terrifying crisis that 
you know, it's going to, and we all have to change our lives to meet that crisis, you know, and it all. Yeah, every it, five, 10 years, it just keep escalating it. But. Yeah, yeah. So whether it's a terrorist or a, uh, a pestilence or yeah. a, a natural disaster, whatever it is, it's always the thing. And then, you and know, the solution is to lock everyone down. Yeah. Yeah. Since it's climate change agenda, that's going to look even more repulsive. In a few years. I yeah, know. I think they can modify the weather through. I think I think they're uh, creating all these natural disasters, and so here's those those often create context. those create. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so uh, the reason why I think they wanted to control the weather, <clears throat> and learn all that stuff, not just to terrorize us, but the end times. The two witnesses uh, actually have the power to create weather and famine and all of that stuff. Remember, like, the two witnesses, what they were able to do? I know, yeah. Yeah, so th that, I always thought that they were preparing in order to fight and combat the two witnesses directly. They would <clears throat> develop their own weapons against the two witnesses when that time comes. That's a very literal interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a little. Which is fine, which is fine. No, I'm just saying, be always be aware of your your uh, your your interpretive method, you know. And so that is a your yeah that is a literal interpretation, and and you're saying that these two witnesses are actually doing those exact things yep. that it says they're doing. Superpowers, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's other ways of looking at it, uh, but yeah. that's a good yeah. That's also that's valid as well. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see if we live long enough. We'll get to that's a whole yeah that's a whole other uh, show. <laughs> we're getting into Revelation. That's yeah. chapter 11, I think. Yeah. Nine. Then then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, Today I remember my offenses. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in confinement in the captain of the guard's house, house, both me and the chief baker. And we had a dream in the same night. He and I, we each of us, dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. A young Hebrew man was with us there, a servant to the captain of the guard. We told him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To teach to each man, he interpreted according to his own dream. It happened just as he interpreted. He restored me to my position and the baker was hanged. So Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his clothes and came to Pharaoh. He had to like, you know, look Clean nice himself. before... <laughs> Before uh, appearing before Joe Biden. No, I mean the Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would have been better. But yeah, that's okay. Because that means at least he had all those things in his cell, like clothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, they probably gave it to him as well. They cleaned yeah. him up a little bit. So he didn't stink so bad, I suppose. You know, <laughs> Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard. It also reminds me of Exodus as well, right? They they had their magicians. Yeah. But sometimes they weren't really that good, or they weren't good enough, you know? They weren't and, powerful uh, enough. So and they already told us here in, this, in the previous chapter, it is God who interprets dreams, right? Yeah, and I think it is directly related to what happens in Exodus, because... They always call, like, all the kings and stuff, they always call on their own uh, sorcerers, right? Mm. They can never do it. And then it's ultimately God's people, like Daniel and Joseph, that gives them, like, <sighs> out of God. Yeah. That also shows you the power of God over any sorcerer or magician anyway, right? 
I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to, to interpret it. Now, by the way, the Greek word for magician in this in this chapter is exegetas, mm -hmm. exegetas, which is where we get the word exegete or exegesis. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's the same word we use when we, when we interpret the Bible. Mm -hmm. We're doing exegesis. We're reading, we're reading the Bible and trying to figure out what it says. That's exegesis, which comes from the word here used for the magicians of Egypt. Mm -hmm. They're interpreters, basically. It means interpreter. Like when we're reading the Bible, we're interpreting the Bible to a certain degree. Yeah. You know? And right. that's hermeneutical. That's hermeneutics. And what does hermeneutic mean? Interpreting the Bible. Hmm. But we have to be aware of how we're interpreting the Bible. Actually, I'll, I'm going to have a class on that. I, in fact, I just started that, the, the class on that. Yeah. So you'll hear me say lots of annoying things. <laughs> <laughs> Learning with you. So, and I'll be challenging myself as well. It's like, I guess you can't just read the Bible. You got to like be aware of, because we bring a lot of assumptions to it. That yeah. may not be there. You know what I mean? Well, that's the problem. Yeah. People keep interpreting it a billion different ways, and there's only one truth. It's not like a thousand different versions. So one is truth, and all others are made up. Yeah, like, everyone can't be right. Yeah, right. someone's got to be wrong. You know. So, and that's I think that's the the art and science of hermeneutics is trying to get to the truth. So, but wouldn't the Bible um, tell you the truth? Like that's the whole point. If it's leading you into your own interpretation, yeah. that's like your own reality, like splintering off the Bible in a zillion different ways. Well, that's why like the most popular, uh, one of the most popular systems of theology has only been around like less than 200 years. Before that, it didn't even exist at all. And that's the dispensational view. And it's, but it's also the most popular because it was almost like propaganda. You know, they just, and these guys were probably doing lots of good stuff, but they were very charismatic and they were teaching, you know, it just spread through the churches and it's still the most popular the view. About the Bible is it's, it's a tool in itself for people to make a livelihood out of it. Anyone who has the gift of whatever and they're able to market it and change. Like, you're not allowed to change what, add to it or delete from it, but yet people do allow themselves yeah. kinds of narratives. It, it was the Schofield Reference Bible that, that spread that view. So it was like he published his own Bible, his own Bible with his own interpretation, and that's what everyone read at church. So they just, they just got the whole, a whole package, a whole theological system that they thought was coming from the Bible, but it was coming from that guy. Well, that's the problem. Like, is it going to come yeah. from God or is it going to come from all these men and it women? It came from men. It's man-made uh, tradition and man-made teaching. And people are very attached to it emotionally, especially because it includes a pre-tribulation rapture. Well, that's the most dangerous Which one. is very, very uh, tempting, very tempting, yeah. but also very dangerous because... Um, when that doesn't happen, these people are going to be very disillusioned. Also, the main thing is that they're not going to be even looking. They See, because in their mind, we won't even be here when the Antichrist mm -hmm. comes. I don't need to worry about that. I don't need to watch out for that. It's too late, man. He's already here. 
<laughs> well, the other thing is they focus all their time looking for this Antichrist, right? And they don't even know the rest of the Bible. Like I, when I first used to listen to all these other podcasts, which helped me at the time, but I asked one of the priests, this was long ago, almost 20 years ago, I say, hey, how come all your podcasts are about the end days? Isn't there anything else in the Bible? And he said, oh, because uh, people liked to hear about all those. So that was his answer, <laughs> which is fine. But I, I think as somebody who's really trying to learn what the Bible says, none of that stuff will help you because you have to read it. And there's hardly any people that are actually covering it verse by verse or even giving you an honest answer, even if they summarize a whole chapter or a book. That's why you get so many, like I listened to today, you know, different uh, preachers, podcasts and stuff. They're so on point with so much stuff that it sucks you in. But then they have these certain beliefs that it's not with the Bible. And then you're like, are yeah. they deceived or what's playing well, on? Well, they're, so, um, they're so charismatic, you know, and there's so much hype and emotion. And it's just like, you know, you almost feel bad if you disagree with them. They're, they're, yeah. There's a lot of emotional uh, manipulation going on. And, and that, yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately, that's what works for people. Human beings are emotional creatures, you know, more than logical. That's what I realized uh, last few years. You know, I mean, I, I was teaching a critical thinking class when the when the lockdowns began <clears throat> and so i realized oh people are not capable of critical thinking why am i even teaching this class <laughs> yeah. well they would want to know the truth like people who seek out the truth i think they're trying it's just the ones that have given up and they're following a preacher or some theology and they're not doing the work because this takes a lot of work and but yeah, but we also need critical thinking in Bible study as well, you know. Yeah. But we need a lot, you know. I mean, ultimately, we want to be transformed, be you transformed know, by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, you know, and into the likeness of Jesus, right? But uh, but the Satan also wants to transform people as well, right? That's the transhumanist thing. You know? So what I got out of like all the biblical stuff so far, and remembering what I do remember. It's kind of like issue spotting. I know like a certain things that I remember from the Bible, but then I see the world doing exactly opposite. Then I know like this is not from God. So I think that's what really helps people to understand how to live their lives. Not so they can be better people, because I think God will transform them once they know the truth. But the people that don't know the truth, they do end up in one of the pits that Satan's already <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes people... Uh... That that humbles people, you know. I know a lot of guys who found God in prison, you know. Yeah, um, that's a great place to uh, to 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 repent. Get a lot of time. You know? I mean, um, God fact, finds people in yeah. all different ways, you know. It's, that's yeah. not the problem. It's just, I think my question was: Is it enough to just believe in God, or do you really have to? read the bible because it is complex right yes part yeah i think you do have to read the bible um yeah. uh, the problem is a lot of people these days just go to church that don't read the bible church you just get a few verses you get a few verses that's it i mean that's all they have time for really you know and, well i just um, don't like the format yeah. like it's a stage trying to mesmerize your brain into whatever topic that they pick for that sunday and it really should be living the word out every day. And then when you gather, people should already know, like, and explain yeah. to each other, you know, if they have any, like, they should be 
telling each other how to interpret and read Bible, right? Not yeah. Well, one yeah. person on stage. Well, that's why we have the small groups. I I, I really like the little men's meeting I, I go to, and uh, that's where there's this guy there. He was he's uh, a former military guy and a former cop and security guard and all this stuff from Texas. Yeah. And he like he's like. We're warriors, man. We're at war. We <laughs> all this kind of stuff. It is pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> you guys it's read like, the Whoa. Bible together? Yeah, we do. We read the Bible, and well, there's usually a topic, but it's right. the uh, you know Bible is part of that. Um, it's just it's yeah. a small group. There's a ten guys, you know, and we're you know we're the spiritual army, apparently. Uh, and uh, you I'm know. sure there's a lot of power within that group too well hell i mean because you know a lot of these guys have problems you know or whatever and you know we're actually trying to live this out you know and then you know especially guys we need to be accountable you know there's um we're so easily distracted you know <clears throat> so it yeah. helps to kind of keep us uh keep us on track you know i think they have women's meetings there as well you know that kind of stuff you know just you know like meeting people and having a a fellowship you know yeah. a real Friends, people you can call, people you hang out with, people you talk to. Hey, man, I'm struggling with this, or I'm tempted to do that, or you know, this guy's really bothering me. How do I handle this situation? You know, this kind of stuff. I think you we're know. all together, though. You know, I'm, I haven't been good at yeah. it. We are. You're doing it someday. I hope to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the. You know, I mean, you can. There's a lot of stuff that you need to do alone as well. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I'm just trying it out. I haven't done it for like a long time. So I'm getting back into that and just giving it a try. See, see how it works. But these people will also piss you off too. You know, people <laughs> in church, they'll bother, there's crazy people there. There's people that'll bother you. And, you know, it's not, yeah. awesome. anytime you get people together, it's, it's a group of imperfect people, you know, even at a church or wherever. So, you know. yeah, I don't mind the people aspect. I only worry about the brainwashing aspect because. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, you know, cause the church is not so focused on, or at least my church, I think is focused on, um, it's very small. In fact, yeah. you know, they have, they have 150 main, uh, regular members. Yeah. Only they're trying to grow and, you know, it's when we're in a 99% Buddhist country, you know? Right. So, uh, we, you know, we're in a minority situation, um, and they're trying to grow and, you know, spread the word and all that stuff. Yeah. So their main focus is probably not on detecting the de deception of, of Satan. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not really preparing their people against the deception i don't think they even know much about that stuff at all um, well, but everyone has different gifts you know, everyone has different gifts and and they're very good at what they do well maybe I, that's you know, all they need to do is the other people who have different yeah. gifts yeah 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 in a past a pastor's job is to kind of be a, a people guy you know to take care of the people and well, public speaking yeah. yeah they're like the shepherd you know and they're they're really good with people and all that stuff and uh well, it's a hard job. Yeah. If they took it seriously, like yeah. God's way, it's a very difficult job because they're I think so. tied to all those people's souls and livelihoods. And yeah, they're almost like doctors or something, you know, yeah. like spiritual doctors, you know. Exactly. Um, so I'm, you know, when I talk negatively, I'm only talking about the bad ones, not the good ones. I love the good ones. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to have an open mind. I used to be real closed-minded about all this stuff, you know. Um all churches are bad. They're all doing it. Well, I haven't been to all <laughs> churches. How can I say that? Yeah. 
I no, haven't I been to a church United for 10 States years. Has gone away from what they were meant to do. A lot of the evangelism really started here and then they kind of went out to the world as missionaries. Now I think we need missionaries in the United States to teach them what God's all about. That's the well, maybe we'll we'll send some missionaries to the United States for yeah, my church. Definitely. Maybe I'll I'll uh, I'll tell them about that. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll start a fund. <laughs> all right, where were we? Joseph? <laughs> Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, "It is not it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer." All right, so Joseph is saying, yeah, I can interpret the dream, but really it's God who yeah. will interpret the dream through me. All right, so Pharaoh, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, I stood on the bank of the Nile, and suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fattened and fine looking, and they grazed in the reeds. Then seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt. I have never seen such ugliness in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows, and when they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them, for they were still as ugly as before. Then I awoke. And I also saw in my dreams seven ears of grain, full and good, suddenly come up on one stalk. Then seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprang up after them, and the ears, and the thin ears swallowed the seven good ears. So I told this to the magicians, and there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has shown Pharaoh. Okay, so yeah, I was just thinking this, like, why does Pharaoh have these dreams? Why is Pharaoh having kind of a prophetic dream? You know what I mean? Where is this dream coming from? Well, that's also coming from God, too. That's what Joseph just said right here. Yeah, but I was thinking that the whole time. So yeah, he said, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do what god has shown pharaoh what god is about to do isn't that interesting well because so god, yeah. you know if god came to biden you know like all of his stuff did he did god does does biden have dreams that that well, god gives him? have a lucid moment here and there but what if he was like about to hit a nuke button or something you know like what if he just gave it over to another nation i don't think there is a nuke button they have a they have a do button well whatever doomsday button dir- dir- uh, directed <laughs> they, they have the laser they have the laser button yeah um so god, they already hit it they just hit it recently right but what if god came to joe and said hey you know like what if it terrified him in a dream so he wouldn't act like he could change his mind right even today, he doesn't, but he could. He could call uh, Dylan Mulvaney to uh, interpret <laughs> his dreams for him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He has meeting. He has summits with these people. You know, the male cult prostitutes. Joe Biden actually invites them to the White House to discuss important matters. He's married well, to one. In fact, his wife. His wife, you know, is a male cult prostitute. And uh, these, pe- I think, those people are prophets as well. These are the diviners. They're the magicians, actually. The first ladies, the part of their role is to be like a magician and a uh, sorcerer. They're the channel to the. Well, there are evil people that God uses to bring judgment on the land. The only reason why we have those wickedness going on, not because they're so wicked, because God is taking judgment on. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like Pharaoh. Like I mean, we'll talk about that more when we get into Exodus. But God hardened 
the other pharaoh's heart right god made him even more evil than he already was so that god can then demonstrate his goodness yeah right god god created the supervillain god creates the supervillains so then he can say hey i'm even look at i'm even better than these guys you know i can i can overcome great yeah, evil so you know like even bill gates and all those people yeah 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 god well. god created these these uh or at least allowed them to happen say i think satan thinks he's doing it god it's allows not. it god allows it yeah absolutely and I mean, they bring judgment yeah they they the judge god god ultimately brings the judgment but he's kind of it's kind of comes through directly it comes through these evil people right, right. and then he, but then he overcomes those people the the evil people but it's also to kind of divide, divide the wheat and tear so what happens is when these strong yeah. on, on the land the tares are the army of satan that kind of go along with the plan whatever it is and they like it and then that separates out the wheat, always coming back to God, say, hey, you know, like um, the book of Joel, crying out to God to save us from the persecution and whatever. So it's kind of, it's just cyclical. It just looks modern today because it does, they make a ton mm -hmm. of money, and use laser weapons and whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing. We, we still have these pharaohs today, oh. right? And uh, the Babylonians and all that stuff, the Romans. All, all right, so... Uh, <clears throat> then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven gaunt and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance will come throughout all the land of Egypt. However, there will arise after them seven years of famine. All the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will consume the land. I'm starting to think this is kind of like America, too, kind of like we were just talking about. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. But, uh, I'll, I'll finish this here, though. But the the abundance will be unknown in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. The reason the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, well, now they tell us why it was twice, is because the matter is established by God, and God will soon bring it to pass. Wow. So I guess if you have the same dream, dream twice, but with different symbols, right. that kind of confirms... It's kind of like the two witnesses, I guess. It kind of confirms that it's from God. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That uh, hmm. so the good times are followed by famine, and uh, I think you see some famine in the Book of Revelation as well. Uh, yeah, you know why that's the judgment of famine because why? I think they are intentionally trying to induce famine. So all the judgment is like tit for tat. Whatever the evil did upon the people, the righteous, and just generally, God gives them the same judgment back to them. So if there's a famine in Revelation, that means we will experience some sort of great famine before that. Like the wicked people, look what's been happening over the last few years. They've been destroying farming. They've yeah. been destroying the processing plants. They've been destroying the, they raise the prices. For no good reason, just for the fact of, so all the food supplies are now 
super high. And then mm. you can only go to these top stores like Costco and others to get whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. So, yeah. They don't, <laughs> you know, so like they're limiting the, the, the food chain supply. They're destroying the people that produce it. And they're trying yeah. to yeah. heavily regulate, you know, where the food goes, distribution. So that's yeah. going to create yeah. nothing but famine, you know, along. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they want a total monopoly of the food uh, supply chain. Right. And uh, I know in the country I live in, there's basically one family that controls the food supply. Wow. And they're members of the World Economic Forum. Oh, they okay. own all the grocery stores, all the convenience stores, all the all the stores, and all the the whole supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. So how easy is it to create a famine when all they have to do is reach out to a few people? And these stores were the most strict regarding the uh, suffocation device and the uh, the injection certificates, all that stuff. They're the most yeah, strict. They had guards stuff. outside. I mean, yeah. it was very. And they, yeah, and the, and the employees at these stores are still uh, dressed up like slaves. Yeah, militarized grocery stores. Which yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it's been three years. I've been living in that situation for three years. Right. But imagine when they're actually trying to get there and they get there, where the currency now will be all digital and programmable. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They won't let you in. Yeah, so they're going to... Ration. Yeah, they won't let you in there. I couldn't go in. I I couldn't go in for three years. I could not go into a grocery store. Yeah, wow. Because I didn't wear the ritual slave muzzle. How did you get your food done? You had to go direct to farms or something. <laughs> my my wife's family. <laughs> oh, yeah. They would they would uh, they because they they love the ritual slave muzzle. They love it, so they had no problem. But yeah, that's were, what I'm uh, saying. So there's to, a whole class of people that love the changes that are coming down the line. <laughs> so what's going to happen is they're going to repress the ones that don't want to go along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, totally, totally. That was, that must have just been a whole, uh, that was like the stage one, you know, to get, to get the systems in place, you know, to get it all. And next one is just going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not going to allow, because all the QR stuff, everybody was prepared with the QR code. Oh, man, it's going to be, there's going to be absolute carnage. Yeah. I think, I think it's. It's a calm before the storm right now. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of excited about when it actually will happen. <laughs> I know that doesn't make any sense, but God's power is going to reveal itself because yeah, yeah, yeah. so much supernatural stuff that he talks about, especially from when they were in the wilderness. And even after, even in the New Testament, the oil that never ran out, you know, stuff like that. So I think we're going to see some very supernatural things. So like God's going to yeah. provide for us and then Satan's going to provide for his minions, you know, and shut everybody. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of at war. Yeah. And ultimately it's a good thing. I mean, ultimately it ends with the, uh, you know, the new creation, right? The new yeah. heavens, the new earth, the kind of, a, uh, you know, I think it's more of a, yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that stuff later. But ultimately, yeah, people need to remember it's not just all fear porn and all that stuff. It's not. It's really a. It's uh, all part of the plan, and uh, it could be we might do amazing things, you know, ourselves, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It, we might have these amazing uh, moments, and 
bear well, witness. You know, the main thing we bear witness to the point of uh, death if it comes to that. Even we bear that witness. Too, but we're also going to have the supernatural stuff, like the Book of Acts, to take care of not only our believers but whoever is outside that system. So, like gifts of healing that's going to come about because you're not going to be able to go to the doctor. So you're going to exactly, need exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. God will provide the things that Babylon provides now. Right, and He's actually going to yeah. show you you never needed that, but you couldn't uh, know. So now that you are in that position, guess who's going to provide for you? So that'll be everything. Like your clothes mm. won't wear out. Whatever you got. Look at, look at the mana, the mana from heaven after yeah, the exodus, exactly. after the first exodus, they had, uh, they didn't, they were in the desert. There was nothing there. Right. There were no crops. They had no food. Yeah, there was nothing. They had nothing. No animals. It, bread was falling out of the sky. Yeah. And then these birds would fly by once a day. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, well, well, yeah. Uh, go ahead. I, I think for me, for, for me, my cats will provide. They'll go out and hunt birds <laughs> and bring them home. They do it anyway. They're yeah. they're practicing for that. That's what it's all about. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the whole supply. Except I'll for just food. I'll just share my cat. I'll eat what my cats bring home. Oh, that'll be good. Maybe they are preparing. Maybe that's why they stuck with you. They're like your companions. They want to help me. So they want me to survive too. You know. There you go. Yeah. So where there is <laughs> now therefore let Pharaoh seek out a man who is discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officials over the land and collect the fifth part of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven abundant years. Let them gather all the food from those good years that come and lay up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. This food will be a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which will be in the land of Egypt so that the land does not perish during the famine. They're prepping a little bit, right? They're preparing yeah. for the famine because they know the famine's coming because they believed God. Well, actually, this story in itself is the greatest prepper story of all time. On one hand, you do rely on God as we're supposed to in the desert. But at the same time, this is also teaching that God is also a prepper. So he does allow for certain situations where you should prepare, you know, like a lot of them want to prepare for the end times. I get that. But I think that's going to be totally different than where the structure is still in place. The Pharaoh is still going to be responsible for all those people, you know, like he, so it's the best way to reach Pharaoh than have everybody just wait for manna from sky. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Pharaoh doesn't want a bunch of angry peasants, uh, you know, storming the gates and yeah. getting all angry with him. Because if the leadership doesn't take care of the people enough, the right. people will say, hey, we want a different, you, you're not good at, your job is to take care of the people and you're not doing that. They'll uh, kick them out of power, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, if they're so, not getting food, then we're, that's the first yeah. thing to do. But yeah. uh, after we're done with this chapter, I want to uh, make a uh, connection with what actually is happening today. Sure. Now Joseph rises to power. The council seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the spirit of God? So even Pharaoh can recognize, you know, you know, and for him, I think it was just part of the pantheon. You know, they had their gods, yeah. Ra or whoever it was. And, uh, 
and then those Hebrews, they have their gods, and these other people have their gods. So in, in that sense, that's probably what he's thinking. But he thought, wow, th their god is pretty awesome, you know. <laughs> they probably didn't, they still had their gods, of course, but they're like, well, this god it can actually interpret my dreams. This is pretty impressive there, you know. So, um, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. Wow. You will be over my house. And according to your word, all my people will be ruled. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. This is a really good example. I mean, this is how it worked, actually. They always wanted these wise men, like the prophets. Yeah. And they had the eunuchs, right? And they even had the transvestites doing that job that Joseph is doing. Because they were, it was just, they thought of it like magic, right? And he's interpreting the things from the gods. He's given me wisdom. He's going to help me rule. He's going to know, he's going to tell me what to do. Should I invade that country? Should I not? Should I do this? Should I do that? They got to get that from the gods, right? And this Joseph had a connection to uh, to one of the gods, you know, in, yeah, in his mind. I mean, That's what he's thinking. Yeah, they were probably used to all their other gods, sorcery, that kind of stuff. But I think in this one, I think he does recognize this, this is a supreme god because their gods are not going to create a seven-year famine, you know. So they realize that mm. this is important. Yeah. God's going to take judgment yeah. on the land. And I think that's why he put them in power, because he was directly connected to God. In a way, he's kind of um, putting God in power over his kingdom to a yeah. certain degree, right? If he's allowing one of God's people in, in this role, he's, he's, he's listening to God through Joseph. Well, that was so always... God knew that, right? God brought him there. God put him in front of Pharaoh's. God gave him the dream. Yeah. All these things were like leading up to that moment where Pharaoh yeah. just recognized, like, this is God's man. And plus, Joseph already showed that he was trusted because, remember, in prison, he was given over management of all the other prisoners. And nobody had to, like, the guard didn't even have to question it at all. They were resting. While yeah. So I think Pharaoh knew that. And he probably said, okay, if this is really going to happen, then who's the best guy? You know, let and, him. And this is a good example of like for us, if we're imprisoned or whatever, if we're behind enemy lines in a foreign country with different gods and all that stuff, we can behave like Joseph or like Daniel. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we can still, still, you know, have a role to play, even if you're surrounded by these kind of people, you know. He, well, uh, he didn't just like get all angry and fight him and beat him. You know, he didn't uh, do anything crazy. He was, he right. became very useful even to the Egyptians, you know? Yeah. I think like a lot of us forget that. Like when He's bearing witness to God. He's, he's, yeah. he, God is using him in Egypt, you know? And it saves through him, saves all the people in Egypt. And he's bearing witness. People can see. He's not preaching to them about God. They see what God is doing through him. Yeah, and that's a good point because people always think that you got to like preach to people. That's not what it's about. You have to be connected to God to carry out the good works that he's asked for you wherever you're planted, right? Yeah, I mean, people can preach all they want. If you don't like that person, you're not going to listen to anything they say. Right. Or if you think that person, if you don't, if you don't, respect that person you're not going to listen to what they say yeah uh, but you know it's difficult when you're surrounded by enemies to behave joseph like joseph is surrounded by enemies yeah <laughs> well, he was I in mean, prison they put him in prison he has a dungeon. special 
gift of being like he So was, do we. You know, God <laughs> was with him so and they helped him prosper. So it's not uh, we like, could all be like Joseph, I think. We can. And I guess that has to come with the connection with uh your relationship with God, right? Because when uh why the next thing it? when they when they do the next lockdowns, we can all be like Joseph. Well hanging out I mean, somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking back, uh, in a way, I've had a lot of blessings during my lockdowns over the last three years. I got the work from home, which was a huge stress for me before that. And then all this stuff really launched during that time. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. See how it works. Yeah. But now I'm entering a new phase, which I don't know how to handle it really because I'm getting angry. Um, but I have to <laughs> It'll work itself out. You know, you get like right now I'm in the pit like Joseph was thrown into that pit. So, like, You're in the dungeon. I'm in the dungeon. Yeah. And I don't I don't like it, but I guess I'll have to be patient and see what happens. Maybe. It's all part of the process, part of the story. So where were you we? Get, you get let out of the pit eventually. Um, all right. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. Whoa, that's huge. And arrayed him in clothes clothes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He was wow. kind of anointed, you know. That's kind of like a ritual, it sounds like. Then well, he had him second in command out of prison. Think about that. So There like you go. You're going to be uh, second in command okay. after you get out of the dungeon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> My dungeon is smelly. That's the only <laughs> They are. All dungeons are smelly. That's part yeah. of it. <laughs> then, then he had him ride in the second chariot, which was his, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. Take the knee. Mm -hmm. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. That's amazing. Joseph was thrown into the pit by his brothers, his psychopath brothers. Right. <laughs> and now he's second in command of Egypt. Yeah. And he still believes in God. He didn't have to like bow down to the Egyptian God. Well, Daniel kind of was supposed to do that, you know, but uh, it's amazing, really. It's like, wow. And it's Moses is kind of similar as well, right? He grew up in Egypt. Yeah. You know, and Pharaoh's uh, house. He grew up. Yeah. As a child, yeah, basically as a child of Pharaoh, more or less, uh, yeah. somehow, you know. So it's like, whoa, this is pretty uh, crazy. And we, we I mean, Maybe this is kind of like all of us. Maybe we're all like Joseph because uh, the whole world is kind of like Egypt to a certain degree, yeah, right? Right. Um, I don't know. No, I love the story because there's so much promises and hope of somebody who's oppressed and persecuted. You know, like he's in a pit and then the next day he's ruling Egypt. So it's kind of like a, a reverse Cinderella of it's a, woman. <laughs> it's a man Cinderella movie, right? <laughs> Yeah, wow. yeah. So who's All bowing right. me? Who's doing that? Uh, they're they're telling that to the citizens of Egypt. Oh, to bow their knee before Joseph. Before Joseph and the Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, they're 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 parading Joseph around, saying, "Hey, this is the guy. This is the new guy in town. There's a new sheriff in town." You know, there's a significance of bowing the knee um, that comes up later. Um, like we were all supposed to bow. We all will bow down when Christ returns. And then mm -hmm. before that, uh, I think it was said somewhere that you were not to bow your knee to anyone. Mm -hmm. So Well, they, yeah, they keep trying to bow down to the angels. 
and then they're like, Hey man, I'm just an angel. Don't bow down to me. You know? Yeah, there is and, a verse somewhere, but I think this is interesting that. Yeah. Well, the Pharaohs always, the Pharaohs claim to be God or either, either God or the son of God or the image of God. They were the image of God, actually, the Pharaohs. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, all right. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man will lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphanath, Zaphanath, Panea, and he gave him a wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, a priest of On. All right, now this On was a religious uh, kind of temple complex, and so so Joseph is married into the Egyptian priesthood now, or the you know the daughter of a priest. Right. Of Egypt, you know, the a priest of the Egyptian gods. Yeah. Right? So he's totally like in that world, but yet he still believes in in Yahweh the whole time. Yeah. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. In the seven abundant years, the earth brought forth plentifully. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which was in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. He put in every city the food of the fields, which surrounded the city. Joseph gathered great quantities of grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, who Asenath, the daughter of the Potipera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God, he said, has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, saying, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Manasseh and Ephraim are half Egyptian. Yeah. Right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, the seven years of abundance that were in the land of Egypt ended. The seven Now, seven, you know, seven is one of these biblical numbers as well, right? Yeah. So, of course, it had to be seven. The seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph has said. The famine was in all the lands, but there was food in all the land of Egypt. So, it's not just a local Egyptian famine. It's all over the whole region. Yeah. In all the land. Yeah. So, he saved all those people. And also kind of shows that this job of protecting the people against uh, pending famine or whatever, it's really the government's job. So in those days, Pharaoh and through his house. Yeah. Um, so this Pharaoh seems like a pretty decent Pharaoh. He he actually trying to take care of his people. Yeah, he listened, right? If he didn't, everybody would have perished. Yeah, see, this is like a righteous uh, king. Yeah. Seems like it, at least uh, now. Um, yeah, so... Uh, all right. So, um, okay. So, when all the land of Egypt was hungry, the people cried for Pharaoh to Pharaoh for food, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, "Go to Joseph. Do whatever he says to you." The famine was over all the face of the earth, so Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. Moreover, all country all countries came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was so severe in all the lands. So Joseph was a very powerful person in in the entire world, actually, really. On the world stage, he was the man. Yeah, and look at how many people 
he was able to provide for because he followed through with God's plan. Had he not yeah. done, you know, then all of that. But it's also a good story for us today, although this didn't finish it. But I think the next chapter, they, when the famine actually comes, uh, people start selling off all their stuff because they can't afford, they have to buy the food, right? So they don't care about their livestock or houses or any of that stuff. They start selling it all off. And then all of that property goes to Pharaoh as his dowry or payment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so he owns it. Much, yeah. Yeah. So he owns all of the properties that people gave up just so they can eat. So guess what? That's going to happen here. They're buying up like uh, BlackRock and all those uh, equity firms. They buy up all the houses, all the property, all the businesses now. And once like the prices are so high that people can't afford to eat anymore, they're not going to be paying mortgages. They're not going to be. So all of that will be super cheap property at bargain pennies that is just going to be bought up by the government. And then that's how they're going to do the great reset plan. People will take whatever money that the government gives them, but they don't have to own anything anymore. Isn't that the whole plan of great reset? You own nothing and be happy. So Yeah. Yeah. So so we kind of see that right here with Pharaoh kind of yeah. ends up doing that. And it's a it's kind of a natural disaster they had, but they're they're doing fake well, that's kind of what the lockdowns did as well. They put everyone out of business. Right. All that kind of stuff. And then so as long as they can have lockdowns any way they can through any narrative. And if they can actually kind of control the weather a bit, they can create natural disease. Well, I think that's what they just did in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, they they literally just wiped out an entire city, a, t a town, and now they're going to buy up the land and do all that stuff, right? And yeah, then you got the displacement. Yeah. Because uh, uh, they were going after those people saying, you know, all the realtors. Let's sell your land to us, you know. In 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 the first in the uh, first century, the Roman fire department would actually burn down people's houses and do the same exact thing, and then they'd buy back the land really cheap. And and then Bill Gates used the Roman fire department as the analogy of his germ squad, his germ team that's going to going to go around and put out the uh, all the all the pestilence, all the uh, pandemics. Uh, you know, if somebody sneezes. An army is going to come and descend on your house and uh, yeah. Take but you away. the biggest thing that makes people sell off all their stuff is famine. Nothing else is even going to come close. Yeah, because yeah, you can't even survive. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. kind of our uh, yeah. Is is uh, then you, you know because right now, if you look, if you fly on a plane, you look down, everything looks like a circuit board. A lot of houses that are totally dependent on the system. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars, and most of them are loans, mortgaged, which means that it's all buyback. The company you don't actually own it; it's the whoever has the yeah. loan. As soon as it's depressed, all of that stuff goes bye bye. And so, think about uh, electricity. You know, for yeah. the refrigerator. You know, all we just take it for granted, and it's always yeah. been somewhat afford affordable. But uh, maybe that will be. You know, I think that you know. was all by design to get you hooked because now all the appliances are going to yeah. be smart appliances, which means it's connected to the internet. It'll tell you. Somebody actually told me recently, like, that's not such a bad thing because it'll cut down on waste. But at the same time, they have total control on what's in your fridge, 
what, how much water uses, how much, all of that stuff, they can turn it off, right? So if, if you use too much. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you're like. Yeah, I mean, it's dependence. It's, yeah, okay. yeah. They, they kind of did get it. People hooked on elect electricity. Then you're part of the system. And that yeah. was like, what, 100 years ago or so? Right. Um, so like if you ever try, like I was actually looking, like, can I buy a manual washing machine? You know, stuff, little things. My that, grandmother used one of those. Yeah. I saw her doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's very difficult to find manual things because they're all now. Powered. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. But I, my grandmother used a manual washing machine. I mean, it is a lot of work. We take it all for granted. Like they grew their own food. But, and they stored it. She put it in cans. My grandma was a prepper. But all those people have a better chance of survival when they don't use anything electric. You know, like they know how to grow their own food. They oh, do yeah. things manually. They have their own well water. But all yeah. the rest of us, you know, we're going to be screwed. But that's Yeah, okay. you're, you're kind of a slave to the system. If you're depending on others for your survival, for food, all that stuff, water. Yeah. All they got to do is... Um, you know, hey, you need you need a certain certificate. Well, what they did too, like I think it was third century AD, you had to you had to make a sacrifice to the Roman gods, and right. you'd get a certificate of sacrifice. And if you didn't do that, you couldn't buy or sell. Yeah, there's you know? so that was the mark of the beast at that time. There's been many marks of the beast. Oh yeah, you know you got you got to whatever you got to do to buy or sell, and selling means working to be to be part of the economy, just like yeah. that psychopath in Australia said. We will have a vaccinated economy. <laughs> There's nothing new about that, really. It's just you you will need to worship the pagan gods to be part of the... You'll need to do something mandated by the state to be part of the system, you know. Um, That's always... Even of, with King Nebuchadnezzar, that was his deal. Yeah. He was trying to... Yeah, yeah. But it will yeah. be... The final one will be tied to some sort of worship um, to whoever that's going to demand it. But... The androgynous AI alien. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, well, the AI wants to control everything. I mean, they want the AI to run the whole world, literally. Like the Skynet of all Skynets, that was what they're trying to do. They want to give Judgment Day. Remember, it was T2 Judgment Day. Yeah. That was That's Judgment Day. Right. <laughs> well, they're going to have their, but before they get there, you know, I and, guess. And, and, in, and in that movie, the. Uh, the good guys were trying to prevent Judgment Day from happening. Yeah, that's weird, though. But right? Judgment Day is going to happen, though. They do. They do that. It. They reverse it, actually. Yeah. You know, sometimes the 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 villain is actually represents God. Sometimes in these movies, and they're trying yeah, to prevent the, Judgment Day. You know, all the superhero movies are like that. They're always fighting against God, but it's the good guys that are the bad guys. Say, uh, okay. Superman yeah. is a sa Superman is Satan. He's so a satanic uh, alien well. from the abyss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think this whole and thing he looks human. He looks yeah. human. Sorry. Well, maybe the Antichrist. You know, I don't know. Because Superman is Clark Kent half the time. He looks like a normal guy, a nerdy, <laughs> a nerd, a nerdy computer geek, perhaps. But the weird thing, he only wears <laughs> stupid glasses, right? So nobody can tell him it's Superman. Oh, and who else wears stupid glasses? Uh, who makes software and uh, is trying to help people with medicine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And has a foundation. <laughs> yeah, of course. Maybe he's <laughs> Kent in disguise. You know, Superman is, is the Antichrist. Yeah. Maybe. 
and maybe who else, you know, because the Antichrist is not just going to declare himself God. He's going to he's going to think he's God. He's going to act like God. Well, that's that's the whole really thing. what that they're gonna, people are going to worship him, right? And they might, but it doesn't have to be so obvious. It could be like he's acting like God to save the world, and people obey him. Would that That's it. Be- That's worship. Obedience is worship. Yeah, but I think uh, part of the deal is that they have to reject God, all gods, except for... They already have. Most people yeah. already have. There's not, they don't need to reject God. They, they've already rejected God. Yeah, 99% of them, <laughs> they already have. But I think the ones that are like the saints, right? That's, that's who they mean. Oh, yeah. They'll be an apostasy. Yeah. Uh, there'll also be a bit of a revival as well, I believe. Uh, there'll be revival, but there'll be apostasy as well. You yeah, know, the, uh, enough falling time away. And new technology where they're kind of locked in. Just imagine how fast this technology already grew within the last 20, 30 years. Imagine another 30 years, how fast everything's going to change. And we're not even going to recognize it. The next five, the, the 20, you know, it's already starting. It's already starting. I mean, this year has been a lot of talk about AI, and that that concept's been around, but now it's like all the time. You always see that all and the time now. There was yeah. a movie made about that like twenty years ago. So we, I, I saw that the little you know, kid AI. Yeah, the university I used to work at, uh, they had a thing like a, they they made an AI program or a center or something like that. You know, I, used to watch I always movies. joked about I always joked about it like, well at this university we don't have real intelligence. We have oh. artificial intelligence like the people. The people yeah. have artificial intelligence. Well, <laughs> they don't yeah. have real actual intelligence. They put out these tools <laughs> and everybody's starting to use them, including me. I've started using them too. I've never used them. I, I don't think I will. Well, it helps with all the artwork that I've been doing. That's all. Well, that's I- how it gets you. Yeah, but we all, yeah, we all, we all use their stuff. I'm using a Apple computer right now. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm too. using a my thing. My microphone has a little satanic uh, circle and triangle right there. Or yeah, so you know, I mean, we use all their stuff. I, I rode this elevator yesterday. It had this, you know, the the what do they call it? The this the um the sacred geometry logo, you know, you know, they all, all these corporations have all their little sacred geometry logos and stuff. And, you know, we use their technology, you know? Yeah. Apple's logo is Adam and Eve's, you know, the bite out of the apple. So yeah. Yeah. The, the wisdom from the serpent. Yeah. We've been using the the serpent, but how else can I live and work? You know, that's the problem. You can't just, unless I go in the woods somewhere, which, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're all kind of like Joseph living in Egypt to a certain degree. Um, he, you know, he probably dressed up like an Egyptian, right? I mean, they changed his clothes. Yeah. They, they just told us that, basically. Yeah, he was um, a, Moses. pretty much an Egyptian after living there for all his life. Plus, 20 years or whatever, or 13. His wife is Egyptian. The food's probably Egyptian. He probably yeah. Language. Spoke the language. Spoke yeah. the language. Yeah, yeah. And he was—he would have seen, you know, all the religious stuff they did. He would have uh, at least been exposed to it somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Plus, he represents the Pharaoh, the second in command. So everybody already would have seen him. You know, I'm sure he looked and thought yeah. about the religion, but his heart was different. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, next time we'll finish up Joseph and brothers' story. 
the wicked brothers come back and they start to experience the famine and Joseph takes care of them. And then we're almost at the end of the book. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Yeah.